Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Before we dive in, I want to take a moment to share with you about one of our incredible partners. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but y'all know I don't think that's true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows. And we've been taught that mental health shouldn't be a part of normal life, but that's wrong too. We take care of our bodies with the gym, the doctor and nutrition, we should be focusing on our minds just as much. I've personally found counseling to be so helpful, and I feel like it's something that we can all benefit from. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and our friends here at That Sounds Fun. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. Y'all, I'm so excited. As you know, that we're heading back out on the road for the That Sounds Fun podcast tour. We're coming to a city near you in February and March of 2022, and we're going to have the best time. You know, it's a live podcast recording in every city. There's comedy, fun coaching, confetti. Y'all, I do not want you to miss it. And if you're looking to be the best gift giver around this Christmas, tickets to the tour make a great gift. We even have this little card you can download and print it out to tell whoever you're giving the ticket to that like, look, here it is. You're going to see your friend Annie F. Downs and all of our friends. It's going to be the best. So it's the very best gift, you guys. You can just go to AnnieFDowns.com slash events for all the details and to get your tickets. I cannot wait to see you guys. Today on the show, I get to talk to my friend Dave Scatcher. Listen, we have never had a hockey player on before, you guys. So we are a little trivial pursuit wheel of sports. We're adding a new triangle to. Cannot wait for y'all to hear this conversation. I really like Dave. I think his thoughts are really interesting. And a cold sport conversation is a great way to start December. So here is my conversation with my friend Dave Scatcher. Dave, here's where we have to start. You used to play for the Natural Predators. I did. I did. I was uh, very, very lucky. I wish my time there would have been longer. And uh, it was weird. It was almost like it's almost like I was trying to be guided down there before I actually made it there. I had a chance to sign a four-year contract yeah. um, with Nashville. And I, I chose to go to Boston to try to win a Stanley Cup. And <laughs> that kind of backfired because I got traded about a month and a half later. So I regret my decision not to sign with Nashville when I could have for a longer contract. But, um, you know, I eventually made my way back there towards the end of my career. I loved every second of it. My wife is from uh, Coalfield, um, just outside of Knoxville. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you where she's from because I the when I was reading the comeback, it didn't say exactly where she's from. But we love to, I mean, I'm in Nashville. So anytime we can talk to a predator, you're my first predator ever, actually, on the pod. Woo! I know. My jersey's down there. I can turn that camera <laughs> if you want. But my jersey's to my, on the end of my wall full of jerseys that I, of teams I played for. I was very lucky to play on six teams over 14 years, uh, 659 games. Um, it was a ride, man. It was yeah. a wild, crazy ride. Yeah. Tell me what it means to have your jerseys framed behind you. Why, why was that important to you? 
because I worked, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into that for every second of every day as a child. Like, that's all I dreamed of. That's, I pray to God. I'm like, God, just please let me play one game. And I started to formulate a plan. Thanks to my dad, who's now in heaven. He said, uh, he goes, well, okay. You know, that, that that's a long shot, right? Like there's like one in 10 million people get to play. There's only 723 people in the world to get to do that job. So, Oh my gosh, that's right. 723 people every year are playing in the NHL. Yeah, out of 8 wow. billion, 7 billion. So like, how 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 do you think that they're going to find you in a small little coal mining town in Hinton, Alberta, Canada? Like what's going to make you stand out? Or what do you think the gap is between little David right? The little seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid that wants to make it to being playing with Marc Messier, which I ended up doing. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, I got to get stronger. I got to get faster. I have to have a better shot. I got to understand the game better. And he said, okay, so what are some actions that you think that you'd have to do to do that? And like, we, we just came up with this fun list. It wasn't like my dad was saying, Hey, you need to go shoot a hundred bucks every day, or you need right. to rollerblade to school and race a school bus. But there's a funny story in the book about yes, that. Yes. Yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't like work. It was like play, but I was getting better and stronger. You know, like what eight-year-old asks for ankle weights for Christmas right. and then doesn't take them off for like two weeks. That is literally <laughs> like, the story I wanted you to tell. The ankle weight story <laughs> is unbelievable to me. That That's what you got for Christmas and just put them right on over your pajamas. I put them on and I never took them off. I slept in them. Like who goes to bed with ankle weights on? <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Like when I'm reading, well, even as I'm writing it down and writing the book was such a blessing and I tried to do it for many years and I was trying to put chapter and chapter and chapter together. And, you know, I did a great job at, um, I had tons of content. We had like hundreds of stories and I ended up hiring a company that, that helps book writers and, yeah. and they organized, they organized it for me and they put it in, in a sequence that made really good sense. And it was a beautiful, it was all my words, it was everything, but I couldn't have put it together without that type of expertise the way that it came out. And um, I'm so happy that it flowed the way that it did and it kind of weaved in and out and then it told like sort of two or three different stories. I'm really, really proud of the book, man. Like it, it the impact, listen, like just even on my kids, like I now have a legacy for my kids and my little guys, like they're 11 and 12 and they don't really have the drive that I had and I don't really push them at all. I just want them to have fun playing hockey. But after my littlest one read the book, I went outside one morning uh, to put some garbage in the in the garbage can, and I saw him shooting pucks against <laughs> the net. And he never does that. And I'm like, "Hey, Sawyer," I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, Dad, I'm shooting pucks like you did when you were a kid." Oh. He goes, I'm, "I'm trying to get better." And I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome, man." Yeah. And like, you know, that uh, friends and family. Like, I'm yeah. getting emotional, but it's like friends and family support and people that loved me. Um, shared a new kind of appreciation for me because I don't I don't talk about all that crazy stuff I did or all the difficulties I went through. You know, like they're my buds. But when they really got to see it, I think that they um, saw me in a different way. And uh, I'm just grateful that I got out of me. I, I would not have wanted to go to the grave with that these stories inside of me. So I'm really proud of it. And you should be. Uh, so many of our friends listen in are hoping to write a book 
someday. And I, I mean, I remember the first book I wrote, I self-published because I thought a similar thing of like, I don't know that I'll ever get to do this professionally, but I want something on the shelf for my grandkids that said, I mean, what I would give to have a book that one of my grandparents wrote. Amazing. I would absolutely love it. Wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, yeah. to have a book from their point of view. So will you talk to our friends? Uh, one of the things I'd love to lean into today when we're chatting is perseverance, because I think you display that in a thousand different ways in your life. And so will you talk to our friends who have started writing, who've thought about writing, who are trying to decide, do I write this thing even if it never hits the New York Times bestseller list? What's the power of persevering to the the end of the story you want to write. Yeah, really well framed. And, and you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't want anybody out there to go to the grave with something special inside of them that the world never got to hear. And, you know, I'm a life and a business coach now after my hockey career, and, and I share secrets with people that I use to rebuild my life and to heal and to uh, have a deeper connection to God and all these things. And, you know, one of the things that I share that is really, really powerful, and I want everyone to listen, all the writers, anybody that's afraid of failing or judgment, I like to look at it like I'm a speaker, author, coach, right? But if I get scared, say I get scared to do a podcast or get scared to do a Facebook Live, I'm used to it now because I've done it a thousand times, but it's like at the beginning, I was scared to hit record, sure. right? But there is an audience that is waiting for your message that was given to you by God through your experiences. And you might not think it's something special. You might think everybody does this or has this experience, but that was unique to you, just like your fingerprint was. And for you to withhold that from people that it could help, it's hurting them. It's actually selfish. It's selfish for you not to share your message that you've been given. So I imagine it like this, uh, uh, briefly on my comeback, my my uh, comeback into the NHL, not my comeback from heaven, which we'll get into, but yes, we will. <laughs> my, comeback, my comeback after a year and a half off after my fourth concussion, I played in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That was Nashville's farm team. And I was going back and forth between Nashville and Milwaukee and it was freezing and it was icy and it was cold. And it was one of the worst winters they ever had. And this is how I visualize it to help me go is when... I imagine a lineup of people on the sidewalk outside in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, let's just say 5,000 people, and they're standing out there and they're waiting and they're waiting for me to go on stage. They're waiting for me to open up the doors to my event and share my message. And I'm sitting there backstage like, I don't know if people are going to judge me. I don't know if this is good enough. I don't know. I don't know. I'm worried about what people are going to think. So many people stop their dreams from the worrying about the what if or, or judgment or failure. And my trick, my hack that I use all the time is like, I imagine those people standing in line outside on the sidewalk when it's a blistering, freezing storm and it's nice and warm inside the venue. And all I got to do is open up the doors and jump on stage and let them warm up and let them hear my message because that's what they're waiting for. So imagine if, if you've got dreams and you've got goals and you want to get your message to the world, just imagine all those people waiting for you that you don't even realize yet, but they're out there. And it's your mission. You don't have a choice in it. It's bigger than you. You got to get out there and you just got to share it and share it like proudly and yes, bravely yes. and boldly because that was your gift. God gave you a special gift. He said, this is your fingerprint. This is your message. These are your experiences. If you help one person, would it be worth it? 
Absolutely. Okay, Dave, listen, I, I always kind of think, we get, we're going to talk about this because our friends listening have heard me say this. I don't totally agree that if it helps one person, it's worth it. I think if you're meant to help one person, it's this. It's sitting in, across the table from them. I think when you write books and when you do what you're doing online, that kind of stuff is meant to multiply, right? Push back on me. Let's fight about it in our first no, day of no, friendship. No, no, no. Okay, but <laughs> let, let, let me let me just say this, okay? Because I've had these letters from people, yeah, since I wrote the book, and let's just say I got one letter. It said, "Dave, I can't believe your story. I'm a Iraq War vet. I've got PTSD, and I've been going through the same stuff that you talk about in your book. And it's weird, like you played hockey and I was in the army, but." I have so much masks, so much, so much armor over my heart and my soul because I didn't want to go do what I had to go do over there. And you did the same thing with hockey. And he said, I literally thought it was hopeless and I didn't want to be here anymore. And I read your book and you gave me a new way to look at life. Now, I ask you, was it worth five years of my life sharing my story to help that one person not end their life. Yeah. You listen, books, media, we can reach the masses. That's obviously the big goal. But if I could only help that one person, and it took me five years of my life, blood, sweat, and tears, and I wrote that book, and, and that person got inspired, changed their life, and decided yeah. to live and try it a different way. Was it worth it? That's how I'll, that's how I will go back at you because yeah. for me, that letter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it makes a dollar. It doesn't make it matter if it's a bestseller. It doesn't matter, you know, um, if it reaches 100,000 people. That one letter makes me want to write another book. Okay, okay, okay. I can totally meet you, you know? here. That one person's story makes you want to keep going and keep doing the thing you're called to do. I 100% agree with that. I, for me, writing books is meant to be an, an opportunity to connect with multiple people but it only takes one story to help me keep going. Is that a good sentence for us? Well, yeah, you don't got to, this is your thing. I, you know, I'm cool. <laughs> no, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm learning from you as we go and going like, yeah, I can totally see. I feel that like when one person tells me a story, when one person walks up to me in an event, when one person responds to this conversation, I go, okay, this is, we should keep doing this because this matters to people. And to piggyback on that, like, if somebody's writing you a letter like that, like it's it's not just affecting one person. There's there's hundreds or thousands that haven't written you that letter, but they're grateful. Yeah, that's right. There's so many of our friends listening that uh, that write back when we have these conversations about uh, writing books or doing anything that that gets your story out there. They've been waiting for one sentence to tell them to do it. And so my hope is this little one sentence conversation we're having, this short little paragraph, will tell our friends to get to your computer, write down your story, your kids. And if, if it is for your kids and your grandkids and the generations after you, think of how much you wish you had. I mean, Dave, your grandkids and great grandkids on, 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 on will get to read your story of perseverance and your story of dying and going to heaven and coming back, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Like imagine the, the imagine the resistance that I felt when I'm like, I don't know if I should share this because I'm supposed to be this big, tough hockey player and I'm supposed to not be afraid and never show weakness or fear or anything. And then 
to share the thoughts that went through my head after I came back and how difficult that was and how broken I was and how scary it got inside my own brain because I just couldn't function. Like it was, it was like living in hell. And that's why we called it, you know, I wasn't being punished. I was being trained. Oh man. Yeah. It completely flipped the script on what I was doing. I kept saying, why me? Why me? I'm so unlucky. This is the worst luck ever. Like, why is God doing this to me? I can't stick around here. If I got to live 60 more years like this with slurred speech, debilitating migraines where I couldn't even function, I couldn't even be in bright lights. I would sit in the dark in my movie theater, drink myself to sleep because the pain in my head was so bad. Um, I had no memory. I was like dementia. Like, it was like I had dementia. Like, I would just get lost. I would call my wife. I'm like, what am I, what am I supposed to do here? I'm at the grocery store. Oh my store. gosh. The eggs and banana story in the book where you, she was like, just get me eggs and bananas. And you're like, eggs, 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 eggs. And then couldn't remember bananas were the next thing. It was the weirdest thing. And it was almost like God gave me the exact opposite. Like I was a peak performance. I was one of the top shaped guys in the NHL and my fitness and health was taken away. I had a photographic memory as a kid my memory got taken away. I had like all like exact opposites of everything. And, and I just had to sit there for three years and suck it up. And then it guided me. The doctors at the Mayo Clinic couldn't find any answers. And I was like, dude, you guys are the smartest people in the world. Right. And you're telling me that you've done all you can for me and I'm just going to have permanent disabilities. I'm like, what? I'm 35. I'm 36. Like, how can I go 60 more years like this? Like, that's what my brain was saying. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm just screaming at God. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you hurting me like this? And I didn't get it. And I said, listen, if I don't get an answer soon, I don't know how much longer I can keep going like this. Like, I think I'm going to check out. I literally like prayed like that. And I said, I need a miracle. And um, that's when I started seeking other other non-traditional medical healing and praying for miracles. Is this happening to more hockey players than we know? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, there's hundreds of players that are in the program. Um, and when I say the program, that means that they're getting mental health stuff or, or drugs or alcohol, or like, they're just trying to get their stuff straight. And I've offered my services multiple times in multiple media um, places where I'm like, listen, I'll help any NHL guy like, yeah. or even NFL, whatever. Sure. Like, cause I, I get it. Like, I wish somebody would have helped me. And it's not like I'm going to go make a buck off them. It's like, listen, they're my family. Like, let's go, let, let's work. Come to my event, come to my, read my book. I'll give you my program. I'll give you my meditation, visualization work, whatever. Like I want, these guys to to heal. Because I'm not sure there's another sport besides football and hockey where people take such direct hits to the face and the head. And they're big. Like yeah. The guys are big, big and strong, and they're moving quickly. Yeah. They're moving quickly. Like, it, if you're on the ice, 
And for me, the biggest injuries came when I was blindsided and I didn't see yeah. I didn't see the person. The, the stuff where you know you're going to get hit, that's actually okay. Yes. Can we actually talk about that for a second? When y'all are lined up against each other, you ask each other if you want to fight? I have never. I've been watching hockey my whole life because the, oh, yeah. Atlanta, Light, no. the Atlanta Lightning, if you rem- imagine back in the day. I mean, I was like an IHL fan when I was in middle wow. school in Atlanta. So I did not know when y'all line up against each other, you say, do you want to fight? <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Like, Dave, like, that's insane. <laughs> if it's in the heat of the moment and somebody smokes your teammate, like it'd be right. like if you're a mom and some kid attacks your kid, like uh-huh. you're gonna jump in and pull the kid off your kid, right? right? Well, that like when you're on an NHL team or or other sport, like you're a family. Like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And there's strength and it gives your teammates and linemates like security knowing that you got their back. Yeah. So most of my fights were like protecting teammates, but there were odd fights where I either needed to like establish boundaries around me and and give me space that I'm not going to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And also like at a certain point, if you just keep letting the bully bully you, and I tell some funny bully stories in there. They're not funny. They were terrifying as a kid. They're unreal. Yeah. But if you let the bully bully, it will never end. Like bullies don't ever pick on people that push back. They pick on people that will... Uh, shy away because it gives them that feeling of power and significance over you. They don't, they're not really that tough. The bark is worse than the bite. Yeah. I mean, y'all are all NF- NHL players. So you're all equal ish. Yeah. And, and I was lucky enough where if I did get into a fight with, you know, a heavyweight, a guy that just, that's all he does every day. And I fought a lot of those guys. Um, I was strong enough and had good enough athleticism where, you know, if I got in trouble, I could usually grab on and slow the fight down and kind of like, play a little defensive in it. But for the most part, man, I, I really didn't get hurt very much fighting. I got hurt from the um, the blindside hits and uh, dirty hits. And um, But yeah, there's times when players will just skate up and be like, hey, you want to go? It's like, yeah, let's go. I'm telling you, in my whole life until I read your book, I did not know that that's a, hey, Scatch, you want to fight? Would be what he was. I was oh, like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> No, that that's exactly how it, and it's it's that calm. Like nobody's mad. It's like, hey, you want to go? Yeah, let's go. And you just go. And you drop your gloves. I had no idea. Annie, could you imagine twenty thousand people standing around your office, watching you no. go toe to toe with somebody? It, it, like it's wild. Me and, and another podcaster across from each other, punching each other in the face because I was like, you want to go? I can't, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. <laughs> I would lo- I would love to see that. I wouldn't want to see any punches, but I'd just like to see. <laughs> just to see the setup. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you should put us on ice because you can't imagine what a baby giraffe I look like trying to skate. <laughs> so it would, it would be everything. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our incredible partners, Zonder Kids and their Jesus Storybook Bible. I wish I had all the right words to express how much I love the Jesus Storybook Bible from Zonder Kids. You all know and love the author, Sally Lloyd-Jones, and have heard her on the pod before. Well, her Jesus Storybook Bible has been a bestseller for over a decade, y'all. It introduces kids to God's wonderful story and the Savior at the center of it all. One of my favorite aspects of it is how every story points to Jesus as our Savior from the Old Testament through the New Testament. It contains 21 stories from the Old Testament, 23 from the New Testament, and visually brings scripture to life for children, sharing how Jesus is at the center of our story. Sally doesn't just tell kids that God loves them. She describes God's never stopping 
never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love in the most captivating language. It's the perfect kid's Bible for any age up to sixth grade, but let's be honest, adults and annies love it too. The Jesus Storybook Bible makes an ideal gift for Christmas. And there's also a gift edition with a beautiful cloth cover and gold foil. Yes. You can purchase Zonder Kids Jesus Storybook Bible from your favorite place to buy books or online from Amazon or christianbook.com. And now back to our conversation with Dave. I learned a lot reading the comeback. I didn't know how many concussions happened. I didn't know how the blind, I mean, the blind side hits that knock you out, that, that break your face. I mean, your shoulder, Here, let me just, I'm going to list for people. You had multiple concussions. Your shoulder was separated and you were still playing. You were doing bench presses while your shoulder was not working. And, and your feet, will you tell the story about the bottom of your feet, about how your heels were kind of hollow? It's so weird how many obstacles were in my way on the way there. Yes, that is the insane part. Yeah. So, like, despite getting extreme homesickness when I was 16, like, to the point where I just wanted to quit and go home and be with my mom and dad because there's a bunch of stuff going on with that. And then the mono when I was 17 and is my draft year. And I literally was – I looked like an anorexic uh, – person that was dying i went down to 143 pounds i was six foot three so you can imagine how skinny i was my throat was closed my my spleen tripled in size um but the the injury that annie's uh alluding to was somehow i don't know if it was a birth defect or something but i felt like my ankles were gonna sprain like multiple games like like, man my feet are just killing me what's going on so I go on ice and the trainers would tape it up and eventually they're like, we got to go get these things x-rayed. And I go to the x-ray and I know something weird's going on when like I see the x-ray techs like bringing other people in and they're like, hey, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's this. the worst thing. So they're like, hang on just a second. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh-oh. And then they show it to me and I'm like in shock. And what it looked like on the x-ray was normal heels, like calcaneae bone, I think they're called, and like an egg shape, like right in the middle. And it was just like hollow. And they said it's called bilateral calcaneae bone cysts, and it's like one in a million. Like they don't, it's not normal. They don't really know. It could have been from breaking your heels. Like I remember when I was a kid, I used to jump off my neighbor's roof all the time and stuff, doing crazy stunts. <laughs> and, and like land on I don't your know feet if it's from that. Not like on a trampoline or in a pool. No, Dang. I thought it was a ninja. I wanted, I wanted to be a ninja. <laughs> so. <laughs> Understandable. Every child does. I get it. Okay. 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 So, so I don't know if it's from that, but anyways, the long story is they took donor bone they shaved off my hip and they packed it into uh first my left heel and 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 the funny thing was is my left heel was the worst so the first x-ray was only of one heel and then they did it and then i felt it again and i'm like man what's going on and they did x-rays on the other one and it was in the other one so like listen you don't have enough bone for us to pack this stuff in so we're going to take a cadaver bone we're going to grind it up and we're going to stuff it like cement into your heels and and it'll actually regrow so i said okay and this is like leading into my first potential nhl season and they canceled my season yeah, in the minors. Say, so you're still 17 or 18 right yeah yeah well as uh the first one was 17, then then the next surgeries were 18, 19, turning 20. So I was like Gosh. getting ready to try to make the NHL. And they do the surgery. We go through this huge rehab. I'm in the hyperbaric chamber with the Vancouver Canucks. I'm not on the team. I'm still like a minor league guy, but they're kind of 
I'm seeing their doctors and their therapists and everything. And then they go to do a update and they do the x-ray. And if you can believe this, they realize they screwed up and there was a partition in the middle of one of the egg-shaped hollow areas in my heel. So they only filled in half of half. the hole. They didn't break through the partition and fill in the whole heel. So they said, oh my goodness, Dave, we're so sorry. Uh, we got to do it all over again. And any... You know, that was one of the darkest times in my life because when they did the surgeries, they did both heels at the same time. And I lived in this hotel and I gave the roomman, the, the bellman downstairs of the hotel, my room key. And I said, hey, can you please just bring my food to my bed? Like I can't walk. So even if like it sounds <laughs> sounds terrible, but I'm just going to be honest, like I would I would use like a Gatorade bottle to, to use the restroom. And if I ever had to go number two i would crawl on my hands and knees that's oh how much my pain my feet were in and hoist myself up onto the bathroom then i'd crawl back to my bed and that lasted for about like 10 days to, to two weeks and i was by myself and you're by yourself as a teenager your parents aren't there no and my mom and dad uh, were working and they tried to come down on the weekends and say hi but that was a lot of like i'm like oh my god what happens if i don't ever play hockey again because they told me that might that might happen and um, I did a lot of praying and I said to God, I'm like, you, you know, those like desperate prayers, you're like, oh my God, if you get me through this, please, I promise I'm going to change. I'm going to, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'll yeah. never do this again. And it was me just making deals. Right. And <laughs> and not that, that, not that that's how God works, but that's the desperation that I had. And I didn't really have I had a connection to God my whole childhood, but I never went to church. I didn't grow up in the church, but I would I would pray when I needed to pray. And I would, I'd be in and out with like my faith. And then after the meeting that I had with God, it's just taken, it's evolved into this beautiful like relationship with God that is something that I wish every person on earth could get to have because I truly believe the things that come out of my mouth and interactions that I have are being guided and they're just being aligned and the words that people are supposed to hear are flowing. And it's not like I have to think, I don't make notes. I, I literally just, I believe I'm somehow being used the second time back on earth as just a conduit, a vessel. And the more that I can stay connected. So I do prayer and meditation work every day at 4 a.m. 4 a.m.? Athletes, man. Athletes are not normal people. <laughs> Y'all are not normal people. <laughs> and I, I don't, listen, I don't set an alarm. I don't. <gasps> Dave, you're lying. You just wake up at four-ish. I just wake up and I oh, go into my, my mo little movie theater. And I And I, I set an intention. I pray for people around me. I pray for my coaching clients. I pray for the world and humanity that, that we can get over this suppressive energetics that we have and, and to be connected again instead of disconnected. I really think this isolation thing is just really harmful to people's souls. We're not meant to be isolated. We're meant to be connected. These are brothers and sisters. We need to stay, even if it's through Zoom, like, you know, I know there's people that are afraid of COVID and, and all of that. Luckily, I went through COVID. It was not a big thing for me or my wife. We were really like, I've had flus that were worse. So oh, thank wow, you, good. God, for making it easy and smooth on us. But those connections, even if they're virtual, even if you have to be on the phone with your loved ones, your parents, like my mom lives by herself now. My dad passed away a couple of years ago. Like she craves that interaction because she's, she's older now and she's, she's, um, 
she needs that love from us and that human connection. Is she still in Canada? She is. And you know what the beautiful thing is? I saw her for the first time in two years. She, she's down here right now. She's sleeping underneath my office right now. <laughs> and it's been beautiful to see her uh, with my kids. My kids have grown so much. Uh, my daughter's a little woman now. She's She's 14, turning 15. My boys are like... You know, their voices are deepening. They're 11 and 12. Yeah. It's really cute because she hasn't seen them in two years. And she sees, like, such a big difference. There's something when you're standing with someone who's grown over a couple of years versus even if you can FaceTime with them. And, you know, I have a nephew who's a little more than one. And when I see him in person, it's still I – mean, I FaceTime him almost every day because I can't resist him. But even when you're in person, it's different. You're like, look how much bigger. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I smiled when I saw mom going back to back with my daughter, yeah. uh, seeing who was taller. Because yeah. I remember I used to do that with her, and yeah. I remember she used to put her arm her arm out, and she goes, "Yep, you still fit under my armpit." And then, like <laughs> as I got older, her arm would be going like higher and higher. Right, and now she's doing um, it with your kids. Yeah, so it's cool. really cute. And um, family, like, listen, I lost my father. Um, couple years ago and it was unexpected he was a healthy guy uh i don't know what happened is a aortic aneurysm that he had in his heart but every podcast i do i try to um encourage the listeners to pick up the phone and give their their parent a call and just say hey i love you thanks for thanks for raising me thanks for putting up with all my shenanigans (laughs) um i love you and it's nice to get those little reminders like, I wish I could do that one more time with my dad. So so if you still do have your parents, like, and especially if you're local and you can see them, like, go take them out for a nice coffee or dinner, but, like, love on them because you never know, man. And, and that caught me off guard. And uh, that was a tough time for me too, for sure. So, Dave, with the holidays here and the holidays coming, talk to our friends who haven't talked to their family in a while. And for one reason or another, it's been healthier or the pain has been too much. What? How do we know when the move is, yeah, I should take a step toward my family this year? Are you talking about people that have been estranged from each other? or Yeah, that- maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Yeah. People who've been estranged or people who just haven't haven't been able to connect for one reason or another. They live in New York and their family's in Dallas and the flights are too expensive or something happened between a brother and a sister and the brother goes home, but the sister doesn't or, you know. I truly believe that there's that, that there's a web that is um, between all of us. Like you and I are just meeting, but I know that you're my sister. I, I love you. I'll support you. I want you to win. And... I believe that when we're direct family and there's this disconnect, I feel like there's there's a piece missing. And and I believe that you're stronger with that web all intact than tattered. So um, as part of my, it's so weird how God brings these people into my coaching business. Like I'm, I started off coaching athletes and I went to entrepreneurs and then now it's just kind of like everybody. And there are a lot of people that come in that have a disconnection and and what I've been playing with and seems to be working is sometimes if you're in person and say there's been like an argument or a fight or something like that and like people are both holding grudges, like oftentimes that'll go on for years and and no one wants to make the first move. And there's a couple different ways that I I would approach it. Number one, I think there's this cool way to apologize that 
can break the ice. And that would mean, let's just say, Annie, you're my sister and we've been arguing. And I could say, you know, and I could write you a letter. So there's no argument. You can read the letter. You can multiple read it multiple times. You can kind of get the whole message before interrupting me. I love, I love the letter writing process. And I say, Annie, you know, I have to apologize to you. I've been resentful towards you a little bit. And I don't know if it was justified. You know, we were both kind of low energy. Uh, we had we said some mean words, and I've been resenting you, and I don't want to anymore. I want to be a I, I'm, I don't. And this is you know a philosophy I have is like you're either blessing somebody or you're cursing them. The Bible is very clear about that, right? Your words are life or death. There's only two options. So go first and say, you know what? Even if it's if even if it's her fault, right? Like in your mind, go first and say, I don't want to resent you. You're my you're my blood. I love you. And I'm not sure what that was about. And it's okay. Like we have bigger fish to fry. We have many more amazing times to share together. And then I get them to link like these magic moments that they had with that person. I remember when we were on the roller coaster at Six Flags and we were like literally screaming our faces off. And we had that crazy picture. I remember being on the beach with you and we were walking and you shared that intimate thing with me about what, you know, what you went through or whatever. I remember the time when we were on the boat and we were like laughing or we took that girl's trip and we were like, whatever. Use those magic moments to link back, like get that link back. Because the last memory is this big spat, this big fight. And that's not how you want. <laughs> if, if it's just stuck to that, nothing will ever change because you're like, well, you know, it's her fault or it's his fault. And truly like, apologizing first for the regret, for the um, feelings that you've had towards on the resentment. Oftentimes what they'll do is they'll write right back and say, you know what? I feel bad. I felt bad the whole time and, and I didn't know how to approach it. So I appreciate your letter. Let's just sweep this under the rug and let's move on because like, I love you. John Acuff says it's giving someone else the permission to go second. That's exactly the same philosophy. Exactly the same philosophy. Yeah. yeah. It takes so much courage to say your feelings first, to say your hurts first, to say to say kind things first, to say what you're afraid of first. I've, I had someone recently tell me what they're afraid of first. And I, I did a really poor job, Dave, of saying back, that was really brave of you. You know, like it was really brave for you to say what you're afraid of when you think I'm not afraid. And it is this linking of perseverance, like we've been talking about, of like, there, it's who you want to be. The kind of person you want to be for your whole life is the person who the people around you don't question how you feel about them. Absolutely. And, and you know, what was coming to me while you were saying that was like, if, if somebody is having those fears, they're actually lacking faith. Right. You can't have both fear and faith, right? <laughs> you can't have them both. Right. And that was really coming through strongly while you were talking. So let's just sit there with it. And I always love to do this. I just go with the the, the message. Is like, okay, you're afraid, but you're a believer and you have faith. So how does that work? Because if you truly have faith, you know God's got your back. You know there's a lesson in it. Even if it didn't work perfectly the first time, you're getting information and data that you can tweak and adjust and do it better again the next time. You're going to get something back, good good or bad. And if it appears bad, it's not actually bad unless you give it the meaning of bad. Yeah. You could give it the meaning of, oh, thank goodness that happened. Now I know that that's not the way to go. 
right? It's like it's like you're getting the 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 compass is pointing you, hey, okay, good try, but let's move it over a few degrees because if we run this out a few degrees, it's a completely different result. Yes, yes. And that is like the beautiful thing is if you really have faith, like real faith, you're going to figure it out. There's going to be a way. There's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be a miracle. But if you're lacking and you're kind of half faith and half not, and like sometimes you are when it's convenient and sometimes you're not, sometimes you're a Christian when it's convenient, sometimes you're not, you can't have both. Like, are you in or are you out? It's like life. Like I literally have this concept where, I believe that if somebody is 100% resolved in anything that they do, and they will do whatever it takes to save that marriage, to get that job, to uh, reconnect with their kid. When we can focus energy, like with big bursts of energy. Yeah. Most, pe- most people have 100 units of energy. So, so I taught this yesterday during my challenge. So God says, okay, Annie, I'm going to give you 100 units of energy today. Let's see how you spend it. <laughs> okay. You're going to do five on your Facebook. You're going to do 10 getting groceries. You're going to get five picking up your kids. You're going to get five for your husband or spouse. You're going to get uh, maybe a walk or not. So maybe five for health. It's so diffuse. The energy is spread so thin that nothing great can ever happen. But if you sit your butt down and you say, okay, I'm writing today. And yeah. I'm going to put a hundred units of energy, tell the husband, tell the kids, like, listen, guys, mom's working. I need to focus my energy. Um, you guys got to take care of yourselves today. I'm working for a five hour shift. I'm just going to write. Yeah. A hundred units straight in. Yeah. hundred units directly at it. It gets done. Yeah. I like that when you think about faith versus fear too. If you put a hundred units of faith in, if you just believe, Amen. you are not going to miss what God has for you. If you put a hundred units toward him. You just aren't. I got goosebumps. I yeah. wish you could see my arm. My hair is standing up on my arms right now because when you, whenever you speak the truth, I, I literally, my whole body just gets covered in, in, in its confirmation. Listen how crazy this story is. So one of my, one of my um, clients, uh, she's a rape victim. Um, she's a, a mom of four, went through a terrible divorce. Her husband was a narcissist and just turned everybody against her, brought her mom into court against her, like just terrible. Um, She had nothing. She left him with nothing. And he was a very rich person. She rebuilds herself. She becomes my coaching client. She shows, most people go through a year's worth of coaching, like in a year or just a shade longer. She used up her 24 sessions with me in like four or five months. She's oh my like, gosh. I need to see you. Okay, so she comes in. So we have this beautiful interaction. We rebuild everything. And she's, a, she's, she's literally handed over to God. And God is just lining things up for her. And she's just crushing it right now in life. Okay. Now, I have this other lady that came and worked on me and, and helped me. She's a chiropractor and a massage therapist. And she did some different energy work. She's a really big believer. And I truly believe God works through her on me. And they never met. And we've been circling like in paths for years. And all of a sudden, I have this workshop at my house. So a bunch of my all-star clients come in. And uh, this girl comes in and um, she connects with this, we'll just call her like healer. Okay. So she connects with the healer and they have this intimate moment and there's this beautiful connection. Well, I didn't know this, but a few days later she calls her and says, Hey, I'd like to work with you again. She goes to work with her. They've never met. Okay. 
They've never met other than my workshop. Yeah. And it took them years to meet. This divorce happened four years ago. She walks into her little home down in Tempe, Arizona, and she sees this tapestry hanging on the wall. And she said, oh, wow, that's a really beautiful tapestry. And the girl says, oh, thank you very much. She goes in, gets the work done. She's walking out and God says to her, ask about the tapestry again. So she goes, where did you get that tapestry? She said, you know, it's the craziest thing. I went to this consignment shop. I saw them offloading it off of the truck. And I said, how much is that tapestry? They're like, we don't even know. We don't have a price tag on it. Some guy just sold all this stuff or gave us all this stuff to sell. She goes, well, I got $100 in my pocket. Will you take that? She's like, okay. She takes it back, hangs it up. People have seen it, but they haven't really commented on it. My, my client's the first one to make. So she goes, do you mind if I take that off the wall and have a look? <laughs> she took it off the wall, turned it around, and it was a tapestry that her dad had given <gasps> her many years ago. No. And they found each other in this giant world, and they both just burst out crying, oh, goosebumps yeah. everywhere. And the odds of that exact exchange happening right. between those two humans and those two souls, it, you can't. You can't explain Yeah, the odds can't it's be explained. It's inexplainable. Yes, yes. And her father had passed at the same, listen to this, her father had passed at the same time that my dad had passed and we met Father's Day at a spa and we were both like really down in the dumps and that's how I started coaching her. So for me to meet her at the spa, she becomes a coaching client. Then she runs into this girl four years later and the, the husband had sold her stuff and she found it in the... Can I read you a quote from your own book? Are you ready? That is exactly this. You said, everything has been by design. All the good, all the bad, all the ups and all the downs, all perfectly designed to bring me here to this moment with these words on the page. It was all leading me to now. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share another one of our incredible partners, KiwiCo. Listen, KiwiCo is the one-stop gift shop for kids of every interest and age. Kids can discover the mechanics behind everyday objects, learn the science of cooking, explore new cultures, and practice new art and design techniques, all through seriously fun, hands-on projects. Give a KiwiCo subscription and celebrate a love for hands-on learning all year long. Listen, recently I got to do a Kiwi Crate with some of my mini BFFs, and we had the best time. It was this little robot that sets out dominoes. All the supplies were included, and the instructions were super easy to follow. You can actually go see it on my Instagram. The kids put it all together, and it was so fun. They were so proud to see it in action. KiwiCo will help you encourage your kids to be innovators and creative thinkers. They won't believe what they can build. That was our situation for real. They were shocked and are so impressed with what they accomplished with that project. KiwiCo gives them the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections. The best part? Watching their confidence grow. I love it. This holiday season, give the gift of a fun hands-on holiday experience with KiwiCo. Get 50% off. That's 5-0 off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code that sounds fun at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code that sounds fun. And I got one more incredible partner to tell you about Milk Bar, you guys. You guys, we have to talk about Milk Bar. If you're trying to figure out what to bring to add to the spread at holiday gatherings you're attending, the right answer is cake. 
Cake may just be the correct response to actually almost anything in life. And you know who takes cake to the next level? Milk Bar. Christina Tosi is the master baker and mastermind behind Milk Bar. And maybe you saw her and Milk Bar featured on Netflix's Chef's Table Pastry Edition. I mean, y'all. Her creations are unbelievable. And she's been wowing the world with her unique spin on iconic desserts ever since then. Milk Bar is the perfect gift for anyone and everyone in your life. Some of Milk Bar's best sellers include their signature birthday cake, which we had here and we loved it, the salty sweet compost cookie, and the Milk Bar pie. It's made with toasted oat crust and a gooey butter filling. You guys, listen, just listen to me. Listen, you need it. Every Milk Bar creation is thoughtfully and beautifully packaged, made fresh and then flash frozen, and then they offer fast, even overnight nationwide delivery. Brilliant, right? Okay, so we had some of the apple cider donut cake balls at the office, and let me tell you, they disappeared so fast. They were so delicious. This is the stuff of dreams, you guys. But right now, Milk Bar has a special limited time offer. Get $10 off any order of $50 or more when you go to milkbarstore.com slash that sounds fun. You'll get 10 bucks off an order of $50 by going to milkbarstore.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish up our conversation with Dave. That is what faith is, is believing that where you are right now is where God always meant you to be. And you are your life is not out of control. Your life is in his control. And things like the tapestry is going to happen. The tapestry things are going to happen to us because we believe that God is who he says he is. I believe that you get more of the faith and the belief when you're authentically aligned in who you are and how you were designed. I think the more un, not being honest with yourself or trying to pretend to be somebody that you're not or withholding your true thoughts or feelings or trying to fit in with society, I believe you get further away from God. Mm, mm. Yeah, because he made us on purpose. And these big traumas and things, listen, these big traumas and things, divorces, things like that, don't look at them as like judgment, but look at them as like realignment and reorganization. So let's say God's like looking down. He's like, oh man, and he's supposed to be over here, not over there. So he's going to bring in instability into your life. Something's going to happen to move you closer to the path that you're supposed to be on. So Dave had his hockey career and everything. He gave me uh, MCL tear one year. He gave me four concussions that like I was living through that weren't too terrible. Like it took a long time to heal and stuff, but like whatever, nothing like the last one. Then he gave me a right MCL tear. Like he was trying to subtly move me out of hockey into this space, but I wasn't getting the message. So boom, I take this huge shot. I don't have a choice. I can't play hockey. I have to go on this seeker's mission to go find answers and tune into something that you can't see. I believe faith is believing in something that you can't see. Yes, but you know it's there. Yeah. I mean, and that what Hebrew says, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. That's it. Nobody wants to do that, Dave. Nobody wants to believe in the thing they can't see because it's scary that you're going to be wrong. Thousand, thousand percent. And to own it, like authentic. I didn't have to put all that stuff in the book. Right. But I owned it. I said, look, this is the fabric of who I am. This is how God designed me. This is a path he took me down. And he didn't put me down to not share it. I would be doing him a disservice. I would be doing all the people that read the book a disservice. Shame on me. I'm not going to blame somebody else for my lack of faith. Come on, own it. 
Like, you want to be faithful? Let's not touch up our our Instagram pictures. Let's not try to do, have the perfect Facebook life that the world thinks that we have. Like, let's show the the gritty and scary and sad stuff. And you don't have to look look for sympathy or any of that like fake love. That's not what we're looking for. But we're looking for like somebody who's real. And I promise you the second that I got this concept and I started living as this little, I, I share the, the first miracle, this little David yeah. with my little Superman cape on. That picture in the book. Oh. That's how God made me. And you know what? That boy, he was unjaded. He was pure. He was love. He was light. He was helpful. He was happy. He wasn't stressed out. He wasn't worried about what people thought. He was wearing a, he's, he's probably five years old in that picture. He's running around with a Superman cape on, believing he can fly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's perfect. What? Yeah. If I fast forwarded, and this is what happened, this is the first miracle, is I fast forwarded to this man, gladiator, hockey guy. And I don't, there are pieces of him that were very amazing. Determination, strength, discipline, focus, all those things I can take. All that armor I can take and reuse. But the stuff about like not not feeling anything, you know, I, and I share this on most of the podcasts because I think it's this important, but when I knew I was going to have to go fight these monsters or go be this tough guy or not like show fear or not like be worried or not burden my teammates by me sharing that I'm sick that day or that I've broken bones in my feet or like whatever, I would turn off everything that I could feel because it hurt too much. The first time a girl broke my heart, I'm like, well, I'm never doing that again. She just ripped my heart out. So I, I, we eventually turn off all the sensitive knobs of our system to numb ourselves to get through the situation that we're in when the truth is, is that we can turn those back on, especially like now, like in a later phase of life. Like nobody's trying to fight me. Nobody's trying to take my job. Nobody's threatening me. <laughs> no, no one's, coaches no are one's telling me and asking if you want to fight. <laughs> right. I'm at, my dad's not going to give me a spanking. Like whatever. Yeah. No, The bullies that picked on me aren't bullying me anymore. So why am I still wearing all this armor? It doesn't make sense. So I wasn't healing to do the fast forward of the story. I wasn't healing. I wasn't connecting to God and I couldn't figure it out until I started removing these, this mask and arm. And I literally yeah. started ripping it off of my body. And when I got to the bottom of that, I saw this little angel and it was little David. And I had a conversation. I said, I'm so sorry, buddy. I'm so sorry for disconnecting you. But I was worried about what was going to happen to you if you went and did all these crazy things that we just did for the last 20 years. It's safe now and you can come out. And I know that you're perfectly designed the way that you are. And I know that the light of God lives in you because little David was the same color of light that I saw when I was in heaven. He was the same color. So I'm like, oh, that's the truth. Like, let's go there. And I put him up, scared out of my mind. I'm like, okay, little buddy, you're going to lead the way now. I'm going to live my life through your decisions and how you would handle things. It was terrifying. Yes. But the beautiful thing was, I felt this cloak of light just protect me. And all the haters I was expecting, all the people that I thought were going to take advantage of me or hurt me or anything, nowhere to be seen. They didn't even, they didn't even enter my, my field. I didn't even notice anything. And it has been pure guidedness. That's a word. Sure. <laughs> it is since. today. I like it. Yeah. I just went and had my one of my teammates bring this for me to show you. 
because I keep this picture of me in my in my wallet all the time. It's a for our friends listening. It's just a picture of me when I'm like three because of an experience I had at a counseling center called Onsite Workshops here in Nashville. I think when our friends are home for the holidays this week, this this next couple of months, find that picture of you as a kid where you feel the most you because that's still you. It's still you. Right. So I think about little Annie all the time. I'm always like, that's exactly who I still am. Oh my goodness. I got goosebumps everywhere. And, and that, well, I know I was like dying to show like when I read the book and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to show him my little Annie pictures that I keep in my purse too. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. That I'm so excited. I know she's so cute. And, and so there, I think there's really something, I mean, when Jesus said, come to me like a child, it's because that's who, all the time. Yeah. All the time. We are still, this is still me. I may be 41, but I'm still three. Like it's still me. That's your essence. Yeah. That's your essence. And what would the world look like if the joy and innocence of young children was flowing through all of us? We're like, oh, Annie, you need help? Okay, I'll come help you. Right. Like, you want to play? You want to play? Like, yeah. that's what little kids used to say. You didn't yes. need to know the kid's name. Yeah. I'd ask my kid, I'm like, who is your little buddy on the playground? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's really nice, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Or if you need something as a kid, you just say what you need. Yes. And and it's not this like speaking in riddles or like mixed messages like we do now. Like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Are you really okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Mm, I don't know if you are. Get, get, why don't you share what's going on? Okay. Well, here's what's going. On, here's right? the real thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Isn't that wild? And and it's sad, but I would love. I'm really curious how many times the word child or childlike is mentioned in the Bible because. I believe that if we can keep coming back to that and be like, okay, well, what would my, my, I call it like the purest version of my soul. What would the purest version of my soul do right now? And I just ask for help. I'd be like, God, I need to help figuring this out. Can you help me? Doesn't that be some crazy prayer? Like that's like, you know, 90 minutes long and all like God knows already. You can think the thought, you can think the prayer and that's how my communication in heaven was. was I would think it and it would be like instantly back to me, like instantly. Like he already knows, but it's like, it's it's not a separation between, like it's it's like a connection. Every day that you do this podcast, God is speaking through you. It always remains true. We we pray before we record and it always remains true that, that the right person, I mean, it's everything you wrote in your book. It's everything we're talking about. The right person shows up on the right day at the right time for the story and the conversation that I need and that our friends listening need. I mean, it's just, it never stops being true. The Lord aligns things for his glory and for our good. There'll be people out there listening going, well, he's not showing up in my life right now. My thoughts on that would be, Okay, if he's not right now, are you in alignment? Like, are things incongruent in your life? I have one girl who wants to be a coach for young women. She comes to my workshop, and um, I'm not judging. I don't ever judge. Only God can judge. But she keeps leaving, and I'm like, Sandra, I'm like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, I just have to go outside for a second. And I couldn't figure it out. And then eventually later... I realized she was like going outside and like smoking cigarettes, right? And I'm like, okay, well, she wants to impact all these young women's lives and she's really struggling. It's not working. And I, she came back in. I said, hey, is there anything in your life that may be incongruent with like being a role model to these young women? <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and I wasn't 
judging her, but I was pointing out the incongruency of of how she was being, but what she was trying to call in. And God, if it's not working, God's probably like, well, listen, you gotta you gotta clean up some stuff before I put you in front of a big audience of young women, before I give you that gift. And she got it. She got the message. She stopped smoking. You know, if you're if your why is big enough, the how will show up. But my my point is is that you need to be in alignment and in congruency with who you're claiming. Like like my one of my mentors says, uh, claim extraordinary or ordinary will claim you. Well, oh, Annie, you you have claimed point. you have claimed a, a you know speaker author coach, uh, podcaster, you've claimed this, you know that this is your, your space. Okay. I've claimed the same thing. And my mission is to impact a hundred thousand people in my next year in my programs that come through my business. That's how many people I want to influence. Well, I'm going to have to run a million dollars in ads to get a hundred thousand customers, but I'm committed to doing that. If that's not claiming it, I don't know how much more I could claim. So then I can't go and coach on uh, faith and alignment if I'm out of alignment. I can't go coach on health if if I'm eating terribly and I'm a drink, an alcoholic or I'm doing drugs. Like, I can't claim that. It's out of alignment. So, you know, like, yes, we all want to be like Jesus, <laughs> obviously, but I believe the more in alignment and in um, authenticity that we can be, the more gifts and doors that just magically open because now God's saying, okay, now we're talking. Like yeah. I'll give you whatever you want now. Like, like, cause I know you're going to use it for the we and you're going to use it for humanity. It's not just for Dave or Annie. We're multiplying the gift that, that we're being given. And I love that you have this platform. I think you're absolutely amazing. And, and I love what you stand for. And I, I wish that every listener could could model that and try to, you know, we're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes, whatever. But if you can be in alignment and in authenticity and really have faith, I believe you're going to be taken care of. I really, truly do. No matter what, even if it doesn't feel like it at every second. Yes. Dave, we could do this a long time, my friend. This Let's is good. Do it. I don't care. Thank Let's you. go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We've taken enough of your time. Can I tell you the last question you always ask? I'm very interested to hear the your answer to our last question. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. What sounds fun is being surrounded with the people I love, including my wife and my kids, and being out in nature. Um, moving our bodies, breathing, laughing, sharing something extraordinary while we're getting stronger and expanding our container and our possibilities about who we are and what kind of impact we can have. You might say like, well, Dave, that's impact. Like, I don't know about impact or my kids don't know about impact or whatever, but, but what I'm meaning is we're put here for a reason. And the more that we can tune into how we can be a blessing to others, the more that we're blessed with. It's like the blesser becomes the blessed. That is always true. If we think more about blessing other people, we end up being more blessed than we deserve every time. Dave, thanks for making time to do this. I'm really, really grateful. Annie, I feel like I got a new best friend. Uh, right? That's what I'm 
feel it too. I feel it. <laughs> hey, listen, next time y'all are in town, holler at me. We need to like sit and do a meal. I love it, girl. I, I love you and I appreciate what you're doing and anything you ever need from me, you let me know. Oh, you guys, isn't he the best? What a treat to get to meet him and hear some of his story. You can follow along and learn more just by following Dave Skatchert on social media. Check out his website. And please tell him thanks for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Any F-Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I'll do the same today. What sounds fun to me is we, y'all come in on Friday. We're starting the Christmas show. So that sounds fun to me. Have a great couple of days and we'll see you back here on Friday with Christmas music, some special notes from all of our guests and one of my very favorite, I mean, top, top tier favorite group of people, the band Kane, y'all. They're the best. You're going to love them so much. Okay. We'll see you Friday. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) 